Welcome, Peter Report readers, listeners, and viewers to the latest edition of the Peter Report podcast. I'm Scott Reynolds. Right alongside me, there is Mark Cook. Say hello to everybody, Mark. Hello, everybody. There you go. How are you? I'm, I'm doing great. How are you? I'm great, man. I am going through your mock draft right now, Scott. Not to tease what we're going to talk about today, but uh, yeah. uh, but I like it. I like it a lot, and uh, hopefully people will uh, see your reasoning behind some of these picks. Uh, there's some real interesting prospects in here. Can't wait to uh, to dig into that a little bit. Yeah, and uh, we had uh, Warren Sapp lined up. I just got a text from Warren. He is stuck in traffic, and he was on yesterday's show and had some connection issues. He's driving to his mom's house to get better Wi-Fi. He's going to visit mom today. But uh, he even sent me uh, his his GPS coordinates, and it says he's not going to be uh, out of traffic for another hour and 12 minutes. So we're going to pass on having Warren today. We'll continue to talk about some of the the edge rushers, Mark. And, uh, and one of those edge rushers we're going to talk about is the guy we had atop of the new Pewter Report seven-round Bucks mock draft. And if you haven't had a chance to check it out yet on PeterReport.com, do so because we, we do have him in there. Uh, that person is Texas outside linebacker Joseph Asai. Uh, this is a, a guy that, that had a, uh, a really interesting background uh, coming from Nigeria to Houston as a teenager and not even having any um, introduction to football until he was in high school. But he grew up playing soccer, very good athlete, and once he put the pads on, he loved it and, and, and worked his way. Uh, around the recruiting circuit to get a bunch of offers. He decided to become a Texas Longhorn. And after three good years at Texas, he left and is going to be probably a first or early second round pick in this year's draft. And Mark, as you said on the show yesterday, when you're picking 32, it's a first rounder. It's also kind of like a second rounder because you're right there on the cusp. So uh, Joseph Asai is is the the pick for the Bucks in our latest mock draft. Uh, on um, on PeterReport.com. I like it better than um, those defensive line prospects. And and there's been a lot of Max have, uh, mocks having the Buccaneers drafting, you know, one of the defensive tackles in 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 for in in this class. And um, you know, I I'm I'm not going solely on what Warren Sapp said about Christian Barmore, but um, you know, I I didn't I, again. I'm not a talent evaluator, certainly not a GM or even a scout, um, but. I don't know that I saw him as a 32 guy either. You know, I was thinking I wouldn't mind having the guy maybe if the team moved down a little bit in the second round, but, but he'll probably be gone. Although Warren doesn't think so. I, you know, his, his reputation, his pedigree from Alabama, those kind of things, the success that some of the young defensive linemen from Alabama have had recently will probably get him pushed up in there. And the fact that he's probably the best of a, not a very good class. Uh, mm-hmm. of that so anyway but but I like the side pick I still think the Buccaneers have a good chance of, of moving down I think there's going to be a team up there that's going to fall in love with somebody and want to get that fifth year option type situation on them and and, and offer the Buccaneers um, a little bit more and is there a dip here's what Jason Light and his staff are going to have to figure out Scott is there a difference between the guy they have at 32 or the mm-hmm. best player, best player available kind of guy, and say mid second round, and yeah. uh, you know, then they have two second round picks. So I, that there's a lot of things, and we don't know what that draft board looks like, and it's still being set up as we speak. The Buccaneers don't mm-hmm. have it completely set yet either, but um, but uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do. A lot of options at 32 
Um, I like that. I like that spot, honestly, because I think uh, I think they can trade back and, and, and pick up some more capital down the road. Yeah. And, and I, I think the thing, too, and I, I learned some some other things uh, about Christian Barmore in, in a conversation I had with Seth today I, that I really can't share. But uh, I would I would be surprised if he goes in the first round. I, I'm with Warren on that. Are you on. going to bet your social media reputation? Are you going to nope. ban yourself for a year? Nope. No. And the, re- the reason why I'm not going to do that is because there are some dumb NFL teams out there. And the mm-hmm. Buccaneers have been dumb in the past too, right? I mean, right. Uh, so it's, it's, it's just, I, I would not, I would not take Christian Barmore in the first round. I wouldn't take him in 32 if I'm the Buccaneers. And, uh, um, you know, and, and just, I, I'll just say this. I'm not sure the kid loves football and, and I've never met the man I'm going based on secondhand information, but, um, I've just heard and seen some things to where I question that. And, uh, and you know what, when you're drafting in the first round, whether it's, Number one overall, number ten overall, number thirty-two overall. Um, you've you've got to be um, absolutely. You know, drafting a player that that you're going to stand up on the table for, and, and that player better love football. And there's been a couple guys that, uh, and it, this this quote that that we learned under John Gruden, Mark, from back in the day. It's like there's things. Uh, there's two kind of of NFL guys out there. There's players and players, and the players are the guys that you see up in the Bucks ring of honor. Those are players. Those are guys yeah. that, that just absolutely love the game of football. And, uh, you know, and yeah, I mean, the, the money's one thing. This is a, a, a kid's game where you get paid with the King's ransom. Um, but you don't last long if you don't love the game. And when you look at, at the, at, at a career like Derek Brooks, right. Um, you know, one, one team, one player, Mike Allstott the same way, Rondé Barber, what did Rondé play? Like 17, 19, 22 years for the Buccaneers, something like that. I mean, 33 years. He started in uh, 79. Yeah. 33 years. So, yeah, it's 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 certainly um, uh, you have to have that love. If, if you want to be great, if you want to be a great player, a perennial Pro Bowl player, uh, a, a guy that, that you know, if, if things go right in your career from a health standpoint, that you, you can be up in a ring of honor or you can be considered for the Hall of Fame, you better love the game. Yeah. And um, – and you look at some of the players on on this this Buccaneer team, right? I mean, uh, Shaq Barrett loves the game. Jason Pierre-Paul loves the game. Loves Tom it. Brady absolutely loves the game, right? Um, uh, you know, and, and there's there's other players uh, too. Mike Evans loves the game, right? And and these are players that 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 are great because they want to be great. It's not about just showing up, putting on an NFL jersey, and collecting the check every Friday, yeah. and and I'm not saying that Christian Barmore is necessarily like that, but based on what I heard, I, I'm just a little gun shy about him. And also, too, this this defensive line draft uh, from the tackle position is not good. Um, we we really have seen um, some guys I think get overinflated. Davion Nixon from Iowa uh, is, is is a guy that that Sap you know said yesterday was is not a huge fan of. Levi Onzariki who. The Washington kid who really, you know, we had in, in the, the Bucks taking with the 32nd overall pick and the first, or I should say the second mock draft that we did, um, that might be a little bit of a reach. Uh, and if you're going to reach, it's only because this is not a good class. But I I, I think that when you look at, at an outside linebacker um, like Joseph Asai, uh, that's a player I can kind of wrap my head around in terms of, of drafting. 
Um, we had Javante Williams as as a running back. Uh, if you followed us on Twitter, uh, you know that we love uh, Najee Harris, Travis Etienne. I'm not sure those guys are going to be there. Uh, but a running back makes a lot of sense at 32 because that's a player that can see the field. But Mark, when you look at, at Shaq Barrett re-signing for four years, you know you got one spot locked in on the bookend pass rushers. But Jason Pierre-Paul, age 31, having knee surgery and back-to-back years in the offseason, might be time to find a young edge rusher that can sit and learn from those guys, be a situational pass rusher uh, for a year or two, and then eventually take over for JPP. They're going to have to eventually. And, you know, again, the salary cap is going to go up next year. So if JPP does retire and and they don't develop one this year, um, they're going to have to go out and find one in free agency. But if they do, they're going to spend a lot of money. We saw that. I mean, Shaq Barrett, I, I agree with Warren Sapp. I think he could have got more money, to be honest with you. I think, uh, you know, and what Shaq told JPP, or actually what um, what his agent, Drew Rosenhaus, told Shaq, I mean, uh, Sapp was, well, you know, the salary cap. And the, honestly, I think it came down to Shaq Barrett wanting to be here in Tampa Bay. Didn't even want to get into bidding wars. Knew he wanted to be back here in Tampa Bay. It probably took a little bit less than what he could have gotten on the open market. When you look at what some of the other pass rushers, and there haven't been a ton of them signed, but when you look at what some of them have gotten um, that don't have the production that Shaq Barrett has, um, I can see where Warren's coming from. Uh, but again, that's a testament, though, to the culture that this football team has been able to build the success, the Tom Brady's, the Bruce Arians, the just the overall change. Scott, yeah. I, I wrote about it a, a couple of weeks ago. It's been, I mean, I remember when, 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 when George, uh, what was his name? George, uh, why can't I, George Johnson, right, mm-hmm. was going to be counted on to be a pass rusher for this football yeah. team. I remember the coaches talking this guy up, and and now you're trying to, you know, figure out, you know, uh, JPP and Shaq, you know, which one of those guys are you going to pay? And you end up paying both of them. It's just an amazing, really, turnaround in really a short period of time. I mean, it's been a long time before this year, before the Bucks went to the playoffs, but. You know, they really did a great job. But you look at 2016, I don't think anybody in their right mind, if they're a Buccaneer fan, after that draft, and especially the lack of success in that draft, even in 2017 would have said, this is a Super Bowl-winning football team just three years later or four years later, and here they are with a chance to repeat. So they've got to find these guys. they got to develop them because if you don't, you're going to pay through the nose in free agency. And again, yes, the salary cap's going up, but – Buccaneers have a lot of free agents that are going to be on the table next year just as well. So, um, you know, it's not going to be easy. You're talking about that 2016 draft. Nobody is left from that 2016 no. draft. They're all gone. And that was the year where they, they, they drafted uh, an edge rusher in the second round that Noah spent. And he just didn't pan out. You know, neither did Roberto Aguayo in the second round or the first round pick, Vernon Hargraves. He's barely hanging on in the NFL. I think he re-signed yeah. with, with Houston. But that's that's become a dumpster fire of a, of a franchise. And Noah Spence is, you know, still hanging around. Roberto Aguayo was signed. I think the Patriots have him going to mm-hmm. be in camp this year. He had, but he was out of football for two whole years. Yeah. And uh, it just, you know, even when you miss on a draft pick, general managers can look back and say, okay, you know what? Jason Light could actually put a small feather in his cap for a guy like Danny Vitale, right? Who got cut here, didn't make the football team, but goes on to Green Bay. Seventh, uh, round. <laughs> seventh round pick, but I'm saying, you know, these guys oh. are still in the league. So you can, you can no. put a minor you credit for a seventh round fullback, Mark. 
You don't. But, but he's, that's even better. Scott, a seventh-round guy that's still in the league five years later. I mean, that's, that's you know, it didn't work out here. I'm just saying, you know, yeah. you want – if you're going to have a bad draft, you hope at least if they didn't work out with your team that they stick yeah. around in the league a little bit. Yeah. You know what I mean? You, you yeah. don't want them to be a Charles McRae where they play a couple of years, you get rid of him, and he's never heard from again. Yeah, I, I'm not sure, you know, um, what happened uh, after that draft. Um, but – Something happened, and the Bucks got really, really good at drafting. In 2017, 2018, 2019, 2020, they built this team. Um, I, I would Except say for MJ that, Stewart. MJ Stewart's still a bad Well, player. I mean, listen, you, 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 can't have, you can't have all of those those draft picks hit. Scott, Scott, um, first-round success rate in five years in the NFL, on average, is only 50%. That's in the first right. round. It yeah, only it, goes down after that. It's hit or miss. So, yeah, that, yeah I was joking the about MJ thing, Stewart. The one thing that is not hit or miss, though, is Celsius. I've already had mine today. I've crushed this orange. This I would say orange. Uh, I had the orange sickle yesterday. I had the grape today just to mix it up because I went orange on Sunday. Then I went orange sickle yesterday, and now I get the Celsius grape. And not just that, Mark. I got a brand new. Mark, the refreshing taste of Celsius. It's one of those things that it's like the gift that keeps on giving, you know, uh, when you have a Celsius, because you get you get that energy rush that you need, but you don't get that sugar crash. Be why? Because it has no sugar. So you get the energy rush with no crash because no sugar, no preservatives in your Celsius. Now, the best way to get Celsius, of course, go to pewterreport.com, click on those Celsius banners. They'll take you to Amazon where you can uh, sip away all of your troubles and save money by subscribing in bulk. If you want to find out where to get Celsius near you, go to Celsius.com, click on the store locator, and then hit uh, your address, and boom, Celsius locations will pop up in nearby convenience stores, health and fitness places, and grocery stores. So be sure to check out Celsius.com. And you're right, the, 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 the non-crash factor. Scott, I remember... Um, when I was a young Buccaneer Pewter reporter, you would send me down to a little quick mart on MLK and make me buy you five hour energies. Remember that? Yeah. You'd be like, go get me two five hour energies. And they were great. I mean, for an hour, you were pumped up, right? Yeah. By the end of the day, you were like weekend at Bernie's over in your chair next to me. And I'd have to slap you to keep I you awake during press conferences. Because I would have to, after the first crash, take another one to get yeah. them back so yep. that's why with, with Celsius, you don't have to worry about that. That's the cool thing. So uh, let's go through the, the mock draft here. If you're just joining us, we apologize. Warren Sapp is not able to join us. He is stuck in traffic. He was driving to his mom's house to get better Wi-Fi signal. So we appreciate the effort there. We'll, we'll have him on at another time. But his, his mom lives in a Popka. Now, do you really think, yeah. I mean, Warren's in Miami, and I, I just can't imagine, uh, you know, out in the middle Who's of an orange grove. He's not yeah, driving. Okay. He's not driving there just to be on the Pewter Report podcast. He was <laughs> driving to mom's house to see mom, you know, and steal her Wi-Fi, you know, and, and borrow some, buy her some uh, bandwidth. So we don't I, blame I guarantee him. you he was going to get a couple good meals, too, some good home-cooked mama meals. Yeah, of course. There's no doubt about it. So instead, we're going to be talking about the Bucks 
seven-round mock draft 3.0 from PeterReport.com. We already talked about Joseph Asai. This is a guy, Mark, that just to wrap up, um, played off the ball linebacker at Texas in, in his first season as a starter in 2019. 90 tackles, 13 and a half tackles for loss, five sacks as a blitzer, two interceptions, shows his range as a player that can go north-south, not just downhill towards the line of scrimmage, but, um, but also can drop in coverage. Had a forced fumble, and then at the end of the 2019 campaign in that that Alamo Bowl versus Utah, they really kind of stood him up and had him be a pass rusher. He finished with three sacks in that game. That's one of, yeah. of two three-sack games that he's had in his career. The other one happened last year, and that was a year where he was really a full-time edge guy for the first time in his career. So kind of like Vita Vea, you're getting a guy with a high ceiling. Vita Vea was a running back in high school then became a defensive tackle really for the first time at Washington, only played three years there, then then joined uh, the Buccaneers, right? So this is a, a guy who's who's got a high upside. He's got a high ceiling. Um, 15 and a half tackles for loss last year, five and a half sacks, only played in nine games due to the COVID-shortened season, uh, but, but really had a fantastic game with three of those sacks coming in against Oklahoma State, including a sack to end the game as a defensive guy. I love that. End the game yeah. on a sack. That's a phenomenal yeah, that's, way to do it. That's, that's Three, a, that's fumble a, and a fumble recovery. Yeah, that's a sap trait, right? Closing out the game, final play, get the sack, demoralize the team in front of you and, and pump your team up. Um, you know, again, we, we keep reiterating this point, but, you know, if even if he's not a top 15 pass rusher, again, the Buccaneers have a little bit of time here, right? I mean, yeah. who better for him to learn – from two different styles of pass rushers, you've got, mm-hmm. um, you know, you've got JPP with 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 ten years of history of, of moves and 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 however many years he's been in the league, um, a wide variety of different type moves. And then you've got that quick edge burst with Shaq Barrett, who's still learning, um, right. you know, some of the things with his hands and things like that. So, you know, what what a great um, what a great place to take a guy like mm-hmm. uh, Joseph Asai, a guy who doesn't have a ton of like you say football experience because of his background. And you mentioned right. um, you mentioned another player like that, uh, but but let's not forget Mike Evans, who had one year of high school football before only playing two yeah. years at Texas A and M. I mean, another guy. Well, for Mike, you know, it, yeah, it worked out good for Vea. It's worked out good yeah. for Mike. Could work out good for this kid too. And well, again, and no pressure to get him on the field. No yeah. pressure. This isn't Leonard uh, Floyd. This isn't some of these other pass rushers over the last few years that that Buccaneer fans were clamoring to get on the football field or to draft and get on the football field right yeah. away. You don't have to have this guy out there, you know, 70% of the defensive snaps. Yeah. And, and the thing is he, he can come in as a situational pass rusher. Um, Cause you're going to kick Jason Pierre Paul inside. Anyways, he does a fantastic mm-hmm. job rushing there, but Mark, right. you mentioned those two guys, Shaq Barrett and Jason Pierre Paul, Jason Pierre Paul is kind of a, of a, a long lanky, you know, Gumby flexible type of yeah. pass rusher. And then you've got kind of a shorter guy and, and Shaq, who's just under six foot two, 250 pounds. JPP is a bigger guy, 265. And so a size kind of like right in between six, four, about 254 pounds. So he's a little bit closer to the weight right now of Shaq Barrett. I think he's got the frame. You could put on another five or, or 10 pounds, Yeah, but he's got longer arms little bit of a taller guy like Jason Pierre-Paul, who's 6'5". So I think he can really identify and relate to both of those guys and kind of take some from each of those guys and, and, and add them to his game. So 
uh, I, and and we've had some some questions about uh, Aziz Ojolari from Georgia. Kind of the same type of player. Um, I think Ojolari is a little bit more polished and probably goes before the 32nd overall pick. That's why we have a sigh here. Uh, let's go to the second round. Wisconsin Whitewater Center, Quinn Miners. This is a player that we had in, in our first mock draft in the third round, but he's got a lot of buzz. And this is a, a player that had a fantastic pro day. The Bucks were there at Wisconsin Whitewater. This is a big guy, 6'3", 320 pounds, started the Senior Bowl, didn't play last year because of COVID-19. Those FCS schools in the smaller division schools didn't play. But he ran a 4'9", and a 40-yard dash with his belly hanging out in the cold. 32-inch vertical, 9-foot-3-inch broad jump. Those are really good numbers for offensive linemen. And keep in mind, Ryan Jensen is 30 years old. He's in a contract year. Alex Kappa, Aaron Stinney are in contract years at the guard position. He played left guard at Wisconsin Whitewater. And if you go to his Twitter profile, he's a player that 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 really likes and admires Ryan Jensen, Ali Marpet. He's talked about those players and retweeted some of their stuff. So I, I think that he would be a good fit. Is he from, is he a nasty guy? Is is he a, a is one of those guy. physical nasty guys? Is he like a Ryan Long Jensen? Long he's nasty. He's like Kappa. He's like Jensen. He'll fit him perfect in that room. Good. And good. and he's a small good. school guy who played at at the Senior Bowl, just like Kappa did from Humboldt State, just like Ali Marpet did from uh, from uh, Hobart College. So he checks a lot of those Jason Light boxes, and I think he's going to come into league with the chip on his shoulder. So. Uh, Sorry, also, I'm plugging in my computer. John's going to be mad. This isn't very professional. Sorry, but okay. I, I don't want it to go dead right in the middle of it. So I apologize. Right. I'll be right back. Yeah. So we we had a, a, a situation where he was in in the third round, Mark, and I, I think that he's going to go probably uh, somewhere in the early part of the third round. The problem is the Buccaneers don't pick till late in the third round. So if they yeah. want him, you're going to have to get him at the 64th uh, overall pick. And, and guess what? That's, that's almost a third round pick. So Scott, uh, you talked about, you talked about Ryan Jensen, who's going to be injured in his final year. Um, from your conversations that you've had uh, probably off the record, but what have you kind of gotten from the Buccaneers as far as how they feel? I mean, is Ryan Jensen a guy that, that they think has another three years left in the tank? Is he a guy that's, that's a possibility even for an extension? this year to help them a little bit with the salary cap and, and, and as they've been able to be creative um, this, this yeah. off season. Yeah. I, I, I think that, that um, they would like to get Donovan Smith done first. I don't know that that necessarily happens, but Donovan Smith, that's a player where they're, they're, they're looking at, at, uh, at finding some ways to create some cap space. Cause if you want to resign Adama Sue, if you want to resign Leonard Fournette, if you want to resign Antonio Brown and Blaine Gabbert, and those are four guys on the Bucks' radar that that they want to have back on the Super Bowl team, you got to create some more cap room. That's one of the ways to do it to extend uh, a, a Ryan Jensen for maybe another year to do a multi-year extension, uh, two or three more years for Donovan Smith and give him a raise. Uh, you might have to go to Ali Marpet and do a restructure. You might have to cut Cam Brate. You might have to do a pay cut with Cam Brate. All options are on the table right now, but something's got to give from a financial standpoint to create some more cap room. So I do think they would like to keep Ryan Jensen around for another year. And then they'll have him for two, for 2021. This is his last year of his contract. I think well, I, makes sense and drafting a player like minors, you got your heir apparent to Ryan Jensen, yeah. right? There. Yeah, you do. And, you know, if you add, you know, another year, 
uh, or even two to to Jensen. Um, you know, you've still got you've still got a center for the future. You mentioned Donovan Smith. Something that was kind of telling to me, I believe it was Trent Williams who re-signed uh, a big contract worth over twenty million dollars a year, and and Donovan Smith was quick to retweet retweet that and say, "Go get that money, big guy," or something like that. As yeah. soon as I saw that, I was like, "Man, did, did, I don't know that they're going to get a Shaq Barrett team friendly deal out of uh, out of Donovan Smith." To be honest with you, no. But the thing is, is right now he at fourteen point two five million. Uh, you can lower that cap number by extending him and then having one of those years, you know, shoot way up. But I, I think you could you could extend Donovan Smith at about $16 million per year. I think that's reasonable. That puts him- I, I think that's fair. I just don't yeah. – I, I just think he may be one of those guys that wants to shoot for the moon. I mean, yeah, we might- talk about Shaq Barrett not wanting to even get out in the free agency market. You know, I mean, they signed Shaq, re-signed right. him, or came to I an agreement. I Donovan wanting to test free agency. Yeah, I can yeah. see that for and if he gets out in free agency and he has another year, or if he has another year like he did late last year, um, right. you know his his value okay, is going to go yeah. through the roof. He'll be a top. He'll be a top five left tackle. Another Buccaneer fans that don't believe it's that that's the case, but if that does happen, he will be a, the highest. Well, I shouldn't say the highest, but a, a top five highest paid uh, offensive tackle. You're right. So believe it or not, we kept it on the offensive side in the third round. Uh, we're we're going to have a, a center snap to a quarterback. Round three, Texas A&M quarterback Kellen Mond. This is this would be the second time the Buccaneers have gotten a Jimbo Fisher quarterback back in 2015. Mark, who was that guy <laughs> at Florida State? Uh, Casey Weldon? No, no, not Casey. Bra- Brad Johnson? More recent than than Brad Johnson. I have no recollection of James who you're talking Winston. about. Jameis yeah, Winston. Not, not familiar. Jameis Winston. Yeah. Oh, the Saints starting quarterback. That guy. Yes. Well, let's not rush yeah. things. Jason Hill would, would object to that. But yeah. but uh, so I, I think Kellen Mond is an interesting fit because he's he's an athletic quarterback. You look at, at the, the rushing yards and, and the touchdowns that he scored on the ground. This is a, a guy that, that is mobile, uh, rushed for 1,600 yards and 22 touchdowns while averaging 3.7 yards per carry at Texas A&M. But he's a pocket passer, and, and that's music to Bruce Arians' ears because he loves pocket passers. Uh, I, I thought he showed really well at the Senior Bowl, went down there and was the game's MVP, completing 13 to 25 passes for 173 yards, two touchdowns, also had a pair of two-point conversions. And uh, really, I think, up to stock. I think that he is a third or fourth round pick. And again, the Buccaneers picking uh, at the end of the third round, though, you know, not at the end end because you have the compensatory picks to begin in the third round, but, right. but, uh, but picking at the end of the normal part of the third round. Kellen Mond at, at around 6'3", 205 pounds. He's got to add a little bit more size, but he's got a live arm, likes to push the ball down the field. What I liked about him is, is he improved his accuracy every year, and Jimbo Fisher is a noted guy with quarterbacks and went from 57.3% as a sophomore to 61.6% and then 63.3%, and he became the all-time leading passer at Texas A&M with just under 10,000 passing yards, 71 touchdowns and 27 interceptions. Now, uh, this is the thing I like about it, Mark. When you look at the touchdown to interception ratio, 24 touchdowns, nine interceptions as a sophomore, 20 touchdown, nine interceptions as a junior in 13 games. As a senior, he only had uh, 10 games because of the, the, the COVID-shortened season. But he had 19 touchdowns, only three interceptions. So I, I like the growth that I see there 
We don't yeah. we don't like quarterbacks to turn the ball over, Mark. No, no, we definitely don't. We know Bruce Arians doesn't as well. You know, of of the mock draft pick, Scott, I probably that was the one that probably raised my eyebrows uh, uh, the most. I mean, you you told me who you were going to pick, and that one was a little bit surprising to me. Um, you know, I certainly watched a lot of Texas A and M games. I don't know if I like or hate Jimbo Fisher. Florida State fans were bipolar when it comes to that, but certainly when Texas A and M beats the Gators like they did this year, I'm a huge Jimbo Fisher fan. But I watched a lot of Texas A and M games. Um, you know. Mond is one of those streaky guys. I mean, he can get really, really hot, and then he can uh, yeah. he can go through a couple series where you're like, you know, and you just see Jimbo on the sideline just screaming. You can read his lips. What in the blank are you doing? And uh, it can be very frustrating. But, again, you look, Clyde Christensen, Byron Leftwich, Bruce Arians, I mean, he's not going to come to a better situation in the NFL to develop as an NFL quarterback. And let's yeah. not forget – He's got a pretty decent guy in front of him that he would learn from in that meeting room as well, too. So don't don't hate the pick. It was probably just right. a little bit the most surprising one. Yeah, and and I think the thing too is is when you look at at, at the the trend in in the league and and certainly taking nothing away from Tom Brady, right? I mean, he's the greatest quarterback of all time, but you're seeing the mobility of quarterbacks coming into yeah. play because. Those defensive linemen and, and edge rushers and blitzing linebackers are not getting slower, Mark. They're getting faster. Right. And and you're seeing the the Lamar Jacksons. You're seeing the the Patrick Mahomes. Um, you know, it, mobility is is a thing. Like you got to be able to have some escapability. You don't have to necessarily be a scrambler like like a Kyler Murray or or Lamar Jackson, uh, where you're going to run for 100 yards in a game. But being able to elude the pressure and just keep in mind, P- Patrick Mahomes. He's a pocket passer, but he's got mobility. Right. But that guy was on the run the entire Super Bowl, getting chased by Shaq Barrett and Jason Pierre-Paul and Dominic Sue and, and the rest of the Buccaneers. Um, but and he also made you know almost made some fantastic throws on the run. But so I, I think that that's that's the element that you're going to see a lot of these quarterbacks having. I think that that the pocket passers are still going to be around, but not the guys that are that are running, you know, five ones and five twos. You, you got to have some escapability. And, and I think that we even saw Mac Jones today uh, have some really good times. I think he was, uh, what were Mac Jones' times around four, eight or so? Uh, he, had, he had a solid pro day. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. think he ran a little faster than I expected him to. Yeah. Um, and, and you know what? There are some mocks and we've had people in the comment section saying that, um, you know, there's uh, Bucky Brooks has him slipping yeah. all the way down to 32 to the yeah, Buccaneers. I, I and I don't see that happening. I, I, no, I, I don't either. And here's the thing. I know the Buccaneers like Mac Jones, and if he's there at 32, I would not be shocked if the Bucs take yeah. him. I just yeah. wouldn't. But I don't think he falls past the Saints at 28. I think that's. I think that might be the end of the road there. Obviously, you look later in the draft, and you've got you know Buffalo. They're set with Josh Allen. I think Kansas City set with Patrick Mahomes. Mm. You know, a little shaky. He might pan football, out. Yeah. But they might hang on to Patrick Mahomes. But no, I, I think that that if if he's there, he's a guy on the Bucks' radar. And you heard Jason Light say that uh, at, at the press conference. Might even said it on our podcast too, Mark. That when you look at at uh, picking thirty two, you, you can take some some luxuries if you if you fill all your right. holes in free agency. And they bring back guys like Indomikasu, bring back a running back like like uh, uh, Leonard Fournette. Uh, there's not a lot of holes in this team. And, and that was my reasoning when I wrote uh, about Kyle Trask uh, last month. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, again, I, it's, Kyle Trask is not a top 15 NFL quarterback. Um, but 
he may end up being. I mean, you just don't know. And again, having the luxury of not having many holes in this football team and an opportunity for, um, again, he's never going to be in a better situation than to sit behind a guy like Tom Brady. And uh, a lot of people are saying, we well, can't do that anymore with the quarterbacks. They have to start right away. Um, I mean, the Packers did it last year. The Packers did it, you know, with Aaron Rodgers and, and, and Brett Favre, and they did it again last year as well with Love. So, um, it, you know, you can't say it can't be done. If you're picking him in the first round, then you do have that fifth-year option. So you're going to have him for at least five years, even if Brady does play for another two, maybe even three, but but at least two more years. Um, you're still going to have three years with a guy minimum at that point. And, uh, and you'll know what you have. Here's, here's something interesting, Scott, that I don't know that we talked about on the podcast. Um, Josh Rosen, a guy that was a former number one draft pick right. by the Cardinals a couple years ago was, uh, traded to Miami, was cut by Miami. The Buccaneers picked him up this year. And I thought that was a great move by them because again, they got nothing to lose. They've got Gabbert, they've got Brady. Um, they had Ryan Griffin. They didn't need a quarterback, but let's see what, what this guy has. So they put him on the practice squad. Well, they didn't protect him towards the end of the year. And they determined from our understanding that, uh, you know, he's, he's a talented football player, but he's just not the right fit for this football team. My whole yep. point of saying that is, is if you draft a Mac Jones or a Kyle Trask at number 32, again, if they don't pan out for whatever reason, you're not hurting your franchise as much as when you're taking the number one overall pick with a quarterback as it did in 2015. Uh, and you'll know. You'll know after two years because you're not forcing either of those guys to go out and play as a rookie. Um, you'll give them time to develop. And again, they'll have an opportunity to show you not yep. in game action as much as off the field. And that's why the Buccaneers determined Josh Rosen wasn't their guy for the future. He didn't get in any of those games. He wasn't even active on the roster. Yeah. Uh, but they saw it in practice, him running scout squads and the other things. Yeah. But he just didn't have the right intangible that they were looking yeah. for. And that's why they allowed him to sign with San Francisco. It's not all about just slinging the rock. It's it's having that leadership ability. It's, it's being able to command the huddle and, and right. have guys follow you. You got to believe. I mean, that's one thing Tom Brady uh, we've heard the Buccaneer players say it was he texted them every night, you know, believe, believe, leading up yeah. to the Super Bowl. And by, by game day, they all did. Telling, telling these guys after the Kansas City game, we're not going to lose again, guys. Yeah. I mean, if you would have polled me, you, John, Matt, and Taylor after that Kansas City game, Scott, and and I don't care what odds you would have given me, I wouldn't have put any more money on the Bucks completely running the table and winning the Super Bowl after that game ended. I oh, mean, at that yeah. point, at that point, I was just hoping they made the playoffs. But yet, Tom Brady knew. Tom Brady had a feeling. And Bruce Arians talked about it, too. He thought the turnaround of this season wasn't necessarily the bye week. It was the second half of that Chiefs game. Yeah. Well, and, and not just that, too. But, I mean, um, once once they beat the Saints in New Orleans, um, I, I knew that they were going to win the Super Bowl. Matter of fact, I put my money where my, my mouth was. I went right to my bookie, Mark. I went to my yes. bookie, and, and I, I made some serious cash uh, against – the Packers, and then against the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, picking the Buccaneers. And and if you haven't noticed, folks, March is here, and that means the madness has officially begun, right? It's time for you to shoot your shot, score big on the nonstop action at MyBookie. Select the winners from 63 tournament games in the MyBookie Bracket Contest for a chance to win $10,000 in cash prizes. It's only a dollar to enter. It doesn't matter whether you're filling out multiple brackets, betting on the national championship winner, or looking for a player and game props, MyBookie has you covered. Sign up today at MyBookie.ag and use the promo code Pewter to secure a deposit bonus up to $1,000. That's promo code Pewter to claim your first deposit bonus. 
college hoops, NBA, NHL, no matter the sport, no matter the minute, from tip-off to buzzer, MyBookie puts the action in your hands with live in-game betting. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. Uh, Mark, I did not see the the major upset last night in college basketball with USC uh, knocking off the the Kansas Jayhawks, um, but I didn't need to bet on that. I was just happy with the result of the game. I don't need to win yeah. any money. Anytime KU loses, it's always a good thing. No, I'm with you on that. I uh, I actually uh, didn't win any money last night on the Florida State game, but I won because they won. My new thing, here's my thing, Scott, is I bet against my favorite team. That yes, way, that if they lose, yeah. at least I'm going to win either way. So I lost yeah. a little bit of money taking Colorado last night. That's okay. Florida State right. advanced. I'm going to do the yeah. same thing. I'm going to put some money on Michigan this week, but I'm going to do it not at my cookie. Not a good idea. Don't use me as your bookie. Go to my bookie. That's the place to go. Use that promo code pewter. So as we're as we're progressing through the draft here, we get to, to day three, Mark. And the curious thing is the Buccaneers still don't have a running back yet. And I think they're going to get Leonard Fournette back. So that might take some of the, the pressure of getting a running back early off the table. So we, we go with that approach. And we get a running back, wide receiver, kick return guy, and Demetric Felton from UCLA. Smallish guy. Uh, about five nine hundred and eighty nine pounds started the senior bowl had a touchdown in the game and was really generating some buzz all week in practice and and mark there was a running back who played for the buccaneers that was about five nine hundred and eighty nine pounds warwick dunn remember him no where did he go to school i forgot oh wait yes i do oh, florida, state. florida state yeah he went to florida state the thing about warwick dunn is is uh he really kind of defied the odds because listen there's not a lot of guys that can thrive uh, as a running back uh, with that size in the NFL, but hats off to work done nearly a thousand, I'm sorry, 11,000 yards between his career in Tampa and Atlanta. And I'm not saying this guy is, is work done. Work done was a first round talent. This guy is, is, is a mid round third, fourth round talent. But the thing I like about Felton is he can catch the football. Why? Cause he started out his career at UCLA as a wide receiver. And then he was moved to running back his senior year where he rushed for 668 yards and five touchdowns, averaging 5.1 yards per carry. Oh, and by the way, he caught 22 passes out of the backfield for 159 yards. That's a healthy 7.2 yard average and three touchdowns. And so in addition to, to, to being a guy that, that can run the ball, catch the ball, he can also return kicks. He had a hundred yard kick return for a touchdown against Washington state in 2019 that was a game in all, where he also had 150 yards receiving and two touchdowns, killing the Cougars that game. Uh, he averaged 26 yards per kick return that year. So uh, this, this is a player that can really be that, that James White player, the, the guy that lines up in the backfield, can catch the ball, not just on swing passes out of the backfield or screens, Mark. He can run routes. He can run angle routes. Matter of fact, he had a 94-yard touchdown on a linebacker running an angle route against Washington state. Um, and he, he can also run their route tree as a wide receiver. You put him out there for those smoke routes, for those wide receiver screens. He's, he's the type of player that, that John Gruden would call a joker because you can put him in, in any hand and win with. And I think in the fourth round, I think he would be a, a pretty solid addition that can help the Buccaneers with a couple of carries, um, end arounds, draws, screen passes. Can he return ball. kicks? He can. You can. 
That's that's yeah. what they need. Yeah, that's what they need. Any more Jaden yeah. Mickens <laughs> or Cyril Grayson or Kenyon Varner, whoever they put out there. Yeah, you know. So uh, yeah, that, that's that's certainly a thing, Edward. We appreciate that. Yeah, uh, feel free to hit that like button, hit subscribe, and Peter Report fans, if you haven't subscribed to, to the Peter Report podcast yet, do so at, on YouTube. All you got to do is is go to Peter Report TV on YouTube, click subscribe, and then hit that notifications button, and um, and then you'll get a little ding every time we're going live. So uh, make sure that you do that. We appreciate that. Uh, we go back to the defensive side, Mark, um, on day three. And you and I are both big Will Golston fans, right? He's He's been with this franchise a long time, was drafted under the Mark Dominic and, and Greg Schiano regime, and really has has found a tremendous role on this team as, as a 3-4 defensive end, as a big five-tech guy. Uh, the thing is, is Will is 30. And he's in the final year of his contract, so I, I think that's a, a a position they need to to get an heir apparent for. And why not replace one Golston with another? A little bit of a different pronunciation. This is Chauncey Golston we're talking about. No H in uh, in Golston, but he's a defensive end out of Iowa. Mark, they love these Hawkeyes. They got Anthony Nelson from Iowa uh, three years ago, or I should say two years ago. Last year it was Tristan Wirfs. They could go back and, and hit the Hawkeyes up for Chauncey Golston. He played next to Davion Nixon, and I thought he outplayed him in, in several games. 6'5", 270 pounds. Not as big as Will Golston, but I think that he, he can add some, some size. Five and a half sacks last year, three sacks the year before, three and a half sacks prior to that. He's more of a run stuffer, but he can play defensive tackle. He can play end. He's not going to be a stand-up edge rusher like a Jason Pierre-Paul or Shaq Barrett. He's not an edge guy, but I think he's an ideal five-tech, that defensive end spot in, in Tampa Bay's defense. And I think that, that he could compete and probably knock Jeremiah Ledbetter uh, out of the mix for that that uh, depth spot and then eventually become a starter. And and then they need, as you say, I mean, again, there's another position that the Buccaneers are going to have to be looking down the road to. And, um, and that would be good. Give him a year to kind of learn behind Will Golson. If the team does... Stick with Will Golson. People always ask us what could be a surprise cut this yeah. year. Uh, Will Golson's going to be making a lot of money this year, and uh, he could be a, a, a very, at the very least, you know, could be asked to take a little bit of a pay cut. We'll see if that actually happens. But the thing about that position that's so important in the, uh, Todd Bowles' defense is you just need a space heater. You need an occupier. You need a guy that's going to do the dirty work. That's going to you know, occupy some guys and allow those edge rushers to get around the edge. And you also right. need this guy to set the edge and the run as well. And and I think he is the guy that can do that is again, looking at some of the tape um, that we saw of him and, and the ones you sent, um, you know, I saw that I saw, a, you know, a guy that's not afraid to do the dirty work, then he's not going to get a ton of pats on the back. You're not going to get the flashy um, MVP type things after every type game, but, but you need those types of guys. And Will Golson has been extremely valuable, even if, if some fans may not see it. Uh, obviously he has, because you don't stick around on a football team like the Buccaneers right. um, uh, on a bad football team, like the Buccaneers up until this year, unless you're doing your job, because they're always yeah. looking to get better and replace guys when you're going seven and nine and five and 11. So right. for him to stick around as long as he has says a lot about Will Golson and what he brings to this football team. But, um, but, but I think, I think this guy in another Hawkeye, um, the Hawkeyes are going to become the LSU pipeline that Jason Light loves. Now they're going to add, add Iowa to that. 
and uh, and have three Hawkeyes if, if they were to take him. They certainly might. The, the thing, too, that, that Jason Light and the Bucks scouting department like about defensive linemen are, are guys that, that if you don't get to the quarterback, put your hand up and yeah. knock those passes down. And and in Chauncey Golston, you've got a guy that in his three years as a starter at Iowa uh, had a total of seven pass breakups and three interceptions. When's the last time you saw three interceptions? He had a pick in each year. Uh, at Iowa, and uh, and so what that shows is is awareness. That shows pass rushing awareness. If you can't get to the quarterback uh, for the sack or the hit, affect the quarterback by putting your hands up, creating uh, some knockdown situations, uh, some batted balls, and inter- interceptions. So, Scott, let's yeah. just call it like it is. He's a ball hawk. I mean, that's all there is to it. I mean, yeah, three picks. The ball hawking ball hawk. defensive end, no doubt about yes. it. Here's a real ball hawk for you. Uh, this guy. In round six, Arkansas statewide receiver Jonathan Adams Jr. Wow, my six, favorite, my yeah. favorite of your mock draft. Yeah, I you know. Send me some more tape of him. I yeah. saw him in a game earlier this year, um, and and uh, he just he just stands out. I mean, he just on a team like Arkansas State, where you're yeah. not familiar with any of the players. By the time you get done watching an Arkansas Arkansas State game, you know this kid's name. Uh, he just dominated. There was a game this year, Scott. I can't remember who it was. It was some really bad team that wears gray and purple um from from manhattan new york um the wild cars or something oh yeah that manhattan a different one yeah and (laughs) you guys don't ever want to see him again no he destroyed us he had six catches for 98 yards three touchdowns in arkansas states uh upset at manhattan and this was the guy that caught the game when he touched down with about 38 seconds left in the game uh, he will go up and high point the ball, 6'2", 210. He's a big physical receiver. Uh, kind of reminds me of Chris Godwin in, in that respect. Although this guy, uh, his I think he's got longer arms, and yeah. he makes incredibly uh, acrobatic catches. Um, you look at the production. He He's averaged uh, about 14 yards per catch in his college career, so he can get down the field. He's not going to blow by people like Scotty Miller, but he's got that sneaky speed like a Mike Evans, like Chris Godwin, where he can create some separation. Um, 62 catches, 851 yards, and five touchdowns in kind of a breakout year in 2019. That's in 13 games. They only played 10 games last year, but he had 79 catches for 1,111 yards, averaged 14 yards per catch with 12 touchdowns. Now watch this guy's highlight tape because he makes some amazing one-handed catches. He mosses people. But what really stuck out to me uh, at the end of the highlight tape, and it's 10 minutes, and trust me, a lot of highlight tapes have some filler in it. This is all hits. This is like yeah. this is like Michael Jackson's Thriller. Like, there's not a bad song on there. Um, but the run blocking, Mark, to see this guy absolutely punish yeah. people uh, as a perimeter run blocker, you want help in the running game? You want to get your running game going? Get a perimeter blocker out there that can turn a, a 10-yard gain by a running back into a 40- or 50-yard touchdown. And that's what this guy does. And what that tells me is if he's that physical um, on offense, he's going to be a hell of a special teams contributor. And when you're drafting guys in the 6th and 7th round mark, that's where you got to look for help yeah. on special teams. And so people are thinking, well, why would you want to draft another wide receiver? Because you can never have enough good wide receivers. The Bucks found that out the hard way. In 2019, um, they, they were on the verge of going nine and seven with Jameis Winston at quarterback, and all of a sudden, Winston didn't have anybody to throw to. 
That's that Brashad Perryman and Justin Watson. You, you and Ishmael Mike Hyman. Don't forget Ishmael Hyman. Yeah, Ishmael Hyman, come on now. You have Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Scotty Miller, all sidelined with hamstring injuries. That's why they went out and got uh, Antonio Brown, just yeah. to prevent a situation like that from happening again. Thankfully, the, you know, those guys stayed healthy pretty much uh, throughout the season, especially down the stretch. But, Mark, you can never have enough good wide receivers, and that's the thing where you're looking at, at Antonio Brown. If he comes back, it's a one-year deal. Um, Justin Watson hasn't shown me anything other than being a special teams guy. He's not developed. We don't know enough about Tyler Johnson yet, but the kid's got a lot of a promise and future. Um, but it doesn't hurt to get a guy to replace maybe Justin Watson on that depth chart. And and I like what I saw from Jonathan Adams. No, I did too, Scott. I, I really like that. I mean, again, you know, it, it's it's not easy picking the first couple guys, but those are more household names, right? You've seen these guys. I love it when you pull a rabbit out of your hat with a guy that maybe is at a smaller school, but he just jumps out on the tape. And and they played some solid competition. Not like Arkansas State was playing nothing but directional schools this year. Right. I mean, some of his best games came against some of the better teams. Um, yeah. and, and as you say, he's a very physical guy. I don't know that he has, but you almost would suspect he's got a basketball background because the way, particularly in the end zone, in the red zone, the way he like boxes guys rebound. out. Yeah. And he's got such a large catch radius and a, and a wide frame up top. Um, you know, it's, I mean, your Kansas state cornerback, I think he got burned for two touchdowns. Oh. Uh, the one guy on the, that plays the right cornerback side, I don't know who he is, but, uh, twice in the red zone, he got burned and he just shook his head. He's like, I mean, I yeah. did everything I could do. He played perfect technique. You just, right. sometimes you just can't win when a guy is that big and that strong and that physical. And that was a big game for Jonathan Adams, because when, when you're playing in the Sunbelt conference, like Arkansas state, you're not going up against great competition. I think that's why he's going to be a day three guys because he, yeah, he yeah. put up a lot of big numbers, but it wasn't against uh, FBS, uh, you know, uh, power five schools. And, and, and that win at Kansas state, I, that made me a believer. That's for damn sure. Yeah. But uh, he ran a four, four, five. So he's not a burner. Um, doesn't create a whole bunch of separation, but he's one of those guys that, that even when he's covered, you throw him the ball. Cause he'll go up and get it. He's, he's and, open. And, and something that I was impressed with the game film, and when people watch it, when they look at the highlight video, Scott has it attached to his mock draft, which is up on pewterreport.com right now, is I like the way that he worked against the zone, settling in between the cornerback and, and the safety as well. You can tell he's a pretty headsy, smart football player as well. It's not a guy that just runs down the field and says, throw it up to me and I'll catch the ball, although he does that very well. Yes, uh, he yeah. works very good against the zone and, and reading what the safeties are doing as well and finding that soft spot and settling down and, and, and again, seems to always make the catch. Probably not a lot of drops this year. Yeah, and and, and he's a smart guy. And if, if you want to be smart too, I'm going to tell you where to go for that. Uh, it, you're going to go to, to Symbol. And the reason why I say you're going to go to Symbol is because it's the stock market for sports that allows you to trade sports teams like stocks and earn cash payouts when your team wins. Symbol has blended sports in the stock market to offer you a new way to invest in and profit off your favorite teams. Use the sports knowledge to buy low, sell high, and earn cash payouts when your team wins. Join the over 2,500 plus early adopters, including myself, who have started to invest in their favorite teams. The stock market for sports, just a tap away, create a free account in seconds and start profiting. From your sports knowledge, Mark, the Sim Bucks franchise has jumped from $37 to $44 this week. If you want to find out how to get a $10 deposit bonus, go to symbol.appewterreport and use the promo code pewter when you sign up and you will get that $10 deposit bonus. So 
highly encourage people to check out that new innovative way to uh, to bet on stocks and and uh, intertwine some fantasy football in there. So as we round out our mock draft, uh, this is our third one. We've got two more coming. We're going to have one in early April, and then we're going to have one right about the week before the draft. That'll be our final one. Uh, we've got another familiar face. We had Quinn Miners in, in our first mock draft. We also had this guy. Had him a little higher uh, than he probably should have gone in the first mock. We had him in the fourth round. Uh, but we think he's definitely a day three guy, but probably closer to the seventh round. BYU defensive tackle Kyrus Tonga, 6'4", 320 pounds. He's kind of like a, a, a poor man's Vita Vea. That's not a bad thing, though, because Vita Vea was out last year with some injuries. Uh, with, with that fractured ankle, he was fortunate enough to come back and help the Buccaneers. But I think with Steve McClendon likely retiring at age 35, they need another bigger defensive tackle in there. The jury's still out on, on Khalil Davis, uh, Mark, but getting a guy like Kyrus Tonga, 6'4", 320-pound, more of a run stuffer, but he did have three and a half sacks last year for BYU, five pass breakups. Matter of fact, he has had, and you look at his entire career, 12 pass breakups. So, he again, he's one of those guys Jason Light likes that if you can't get to the quarterback, get your hand up and swap those passes down at the line of scrimmage. Two forced fumbles in his career. Um but I, I, I like the fact that he uh, can can really provide some some beef in the middle. And I thought that was lacking a little bit when when Vita Vea was out, not having that that size in the middle of the Bucks defense. You're on mute there, Mark. You've muted yourself. Are you there, Mark? Well, while you're working that out, I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to the mock draft. We've got uh, Kyrus Tonga um, in the seventh round, and then the Buccaneers have another seventh round pick. A couple picks later to end the draft, Boston College inside linebacker Isaiah McDuffie, 6'1", 224. This guy's pro day isn't until March 26th, but when you look at uh, at his 40-yard dash time, he's expected to be one of the faster linebackers in this draft. And And Mark, when you look at in the seventh round, there's really been two positions Jason Light has honed in on. It's been the defensive tackle position. It's also been the inside linebacker position. And they just drafted a guy, Chappelle Russell, last year who didn't make the, the squad. Or actually, he made the team, but they cut him during the, the middle part of the season. But um, I, I think that he is a, a player that can come in, help out on special teams. That's what you're looking for. So defensive tackle and linebacker, Jason Light follows suit, Mark. And, and gets a player like Tonga, and then it gets a guy that can help out on special teams uh, in, in McDuffie from Boston Jack, College. Jack Sitchie's replacement. Jack, Jack Sitchie's can't stay healthy. I mean, but you're right. The, the linebackers are, are, are prime candidates for special teams units. Um, he's an athletic guy. Like you say, he's probably going to run really good with his 40 time. Um, again, he's got limitations as far as you don't want him taking over for Devin White, uh, at least not right away. Uh, there's yep. a reason why he would be a seventh round draft pick, but, but I mean, there's some things to like about this guy. It's going to be harder and harder though, Scott, for these, you know, again, five years ago, I mean, you were hoping fifth, sixth, seventh round guys make your team and, and contribute it in some way. It's just all a luxury at this point. That's, that's a great thing to have. And again, it's hard to believe that it's, it's happened in this short period of a time, but you know, again, finding guys that are going to be contributors on special teams is huge. And, uh, and, 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 and McDuffie could be that guy. Ed was asking about which wide receiver we were talking about. It's Arkansas State wide receiver Jonathan Adams Jr. 
He is the sixth round pick in our latest mock draft available on Peter. Watch the highlights of all the yeah. highlights. I loved his highlights of yeah. all of these picks the most. One player. You know, how about Cyril? Cyril Grayson? Uh, no, no, I, no? I, no. Scott's favorite player. It's Ryan no. Suckup. It's Tom Brady. Then it's Cyril Grayson. It in is that not. order. No. no. Uh, it, Tonga does have some potential. He's to work on the pass rush. Agreed. You know, uh, what about Darius? Stills from West Virginia, the defensive tackle. Um, I've, I've watched a lot of Big 12 football, familiar with with Stills. Um, better than his brother, brother, his brother plays for the Mountaineers too. Uh, I like him. He, he's just really undersized. I think he's 6'1", 6'2", about 280 pounds, maybe even 279. He's, he's a, a great fit for that classic three technique, that one-gap penetrator in a 4-3 defense. I just don't know if he has the size to play in this Todd Bowles scheme. They like those defensive uh, tackles, 300 pounds or more. And uh, and even with Chauncey Golston playing around 270 pounds, he needs to probably add about 10 pounds if the Buccaneers uh, draft Will, him. Will, and Will Golston did that. Will Golston added some weight yeah. when he got here from Michigan State. And, uh, I mean, when you see guys, and, again, we didn't see anybody in the locker room last year, but Will Golston was one right. of those guys who was just a, a massive man and just just a chiseled – not chiseled, but just a – a big guy, you know what I mean? And uh, and we saw him grow. And, again, when you're in the locker room and you see these guys yeah. for six, seven years like we've seen uh, with a guy like Will Golson, just amazed at, at, at the amount of muscle for, compared to when we first saw him as a rookie when we saw him right. um, uh, two years ago in the locker room. Yep. Long last leisure with a, a great point here. If we're going small school Arkansas, what about Robert Rochelle from Central Arkansas? Seems to fit our Bowles profile for cornerback. Yes, and we actually had Robert Rochelle – in our last mock draft, had him in the seventh round. It's probably yeah. a little late, probably a, a fifth round guy, but definitely a day three guy. Small school prospect. We like him. And you're right. He is a Bucks uh, fit. He might be our Bucks best bet for the, you know, for the, the rounds uh, four through seven when it's all said and done. So we're going to, we're going to have, um, we're going to have that uh, coming up for you with our draft previews, Mark, in just a couple weeks on PeterReport.com. Uh, is SAP still coming on? Nope. He is stuck in traffic. So after yesterday's, um, Wi-Fi issues. He was driving to his mom's house, not just to be on the Peter Report podcast and steal mom's Wi-Fi for that, but also because he wanted to see mom and get some home-cooked meals, but um, stuck in traffic. And, and he sent uh, Scott his GPS. I mean, he wasn't just saying that. He, he sent a, a video yes. and he sent Scott the GPS saying, hey, man, yeah. this is what's going on right now. And I'll tell you, I don't know if anybody's traveled in Florida in the last two weeks. Don't. It's unpredictable. It is, the roads are great. outrageous. We... Went yeah. to Jacksonville and St. Augustine this weekend, and, and it was a madhouse on the streets um, last night. Where were we going? We went to um, – I'll give him a free plug, Scott. One of our favorite restaurants, Mr. Dunderbox up in North Tampa. Oh, and uh, and on 75, uh, just just wall-to-wall traffic, and I didn't recognize any of the state's license plates. There weren't many Florida ones. At least they were heading north, but uh, it's just a madhouse <laughs> right now. So it's not surprising that Sap, who was coming from South Florida up, uh, towards the Orlando area, ran into a ton of traffic for sure. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, Mark, um, I'm going to have to do this to you. Usually I do it to John and uh, and see his his expressions. But it is time for the Manscaped read, uh, which I know Buccaneer fans always love. And report Can we mute my camera? I, I'm, I'm, I could barely hold it together when John read the last one. This one's going to be a doozy, I have a feeling. Right, but I'm going to try and keep a straight face. Ready? NFL draft season's upon us. It's possible that you might have Trevor Lawrence's haircut, but in your pants. That's why our partners at Manscaped, the leaders in below-your-waist grooming, have partnered with us to make sure that you don't gamble 
on shaving your balls the same way that you like to gamble on football. For all the draft geeks out there, we've been talking about draft stuff. We're going to have more draft stuff coming as we get closer to the draft. But we got this exclusive promo. It's a 20% off promo code, and you probably know what it is. It's, it's this one right here. I'm going to put it up on the board. Let me find it here. Manscaped. Boom. There we go. 20% off when you use the promo code pewter. That's all you got to do. Now, that's it? That, that's it. Use the promo code pewter. You save 20% and you get an absolutely free shipping offer. It's, it's tough to beat. So will your favorite team go defensive back in the first round? Not sure, but I am sure with the lawnmower 3.0, uh, which is this guy right here, you can get your D back. Because of the ceramic blade and skin-safe technology, your nicks and snags are going to be reduced. This is the perfect protection needed for your franchise quarter balls. I want you to look in the mirror. Not right now, but, but after the podcast. Do you see any nose hair or ear hairs hanging out? Look, fellas, 79% of the partners polled admitted that long nose hair is a major turnoff. So take care of that with this guy right here. Mark, I know you and I are big fans of this because we're getting up there in age. This is the Weed Whacker yeah. Nose and Ear Hair Trimmer. It's the solution. So why not use the best tools for the job there? The performance package comes with the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0, the Weed Whacker Nose and Ear Hair Trimmer, performance boxer briefs, Mark, which are, are, are the best boxer briefs that you're going to have. They're, They're most very nice. Boxers have ever tried on. And this travel bag that they call the shed right here that you're going to use uh, to carry around all of your great Manscaped items, including a couple of their liquid formulations like the Crop Reviver and the Crop Reser Preserver. Okay, The Crop Preserver is anti-chafing ball deodorant that ensures that your afternoon stroll doesn't end with your ball sticking to your legs or smelling like eggs. The Crop Reviver is a spray-on toner for your balls. And it's made with soothing aloe and witch hazel extract, which gives your guys down there a little bit of a boost. For a limited time, subscribers not get one, but two free gifts. You get the Shed Travel Bag, which is a $39 value. This is a nice bag. And the patented high-performance anti-chafing Manscaped Boxer Briefs. And you get the 20% off and free shipping by using the promo code pewter at manscaped.com. Pewter at manscaped.com is going to get you all of that and it's going to get you some cleanly shaven balls and that's uh that's crucial it is 2021 it is. guys it's not 1974 everybody knows i'm a big 70s guy well i was born in 1970 but um you know i'm not 100 living in the 70s and thanks to manscape i'm not because prior to our our uh, trying out the product yeah i was i was probably living in the 70s now i've at least made it up to like the mid 90s uh, but i do love the uh, ball spray and the crop preserver those things are, are wonderful and i have you know my it's amazing my my balls do not stick to anything anymore and you it's know just, what uh, beautiful Again. Again, the read's over. We're just shooting you straight here, guys. Uh, I would never probably have bought this stuff. Um, no. if, if they hadn't sent it to us for free, I wouldn't have used it. But they, they did send it to us for free, and I have used it, and and it's it's awesome. It's a great product. And what else is great, too, is we still have um, some of these Peter Report T-shirts to give away. So if you want yeah. a Peter Report T-shirt, comes in white, black, or gray, all you got to do is, is make a purchase at Manscaped using that promo code Pewter. And, uh, and then send me via email your receipt. 
your proof of purchase, sr at pewterreport.com. Easy to remember, sr at pewterreport.com. Doesn't have any of your financial information on it, so that's cool. I want to keep all send that, that to me. Send me all your, I'll take the financial information, not this guy. Go ahead. But send that to me, and we'll send you a free shirt plus free shipping, so you can't beat that. So it's, it's a great deal. Um, it would also, will autograph the shirt. If you want it autographed, well, Scott will autograph. No, I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna autograph the shirt. That's gonna reduce the value. Plus, it, it'll mm -hmm. the ink will wear off in the wash too. So why why waste a perfectly good shirt? So appreciate that, Edward. Appreciate everybody tuning in. Thanks, Eddie. Today. Um, Warren Sapp apologizes. He texted me, but um, he couldn't make it. Uh, a couple of quick little tidbits. Um, he he's not a huge fan of Jalen Phillips or Gregory Rousseau. This is a guy that watched an awful lot of Miami football. Sure. A lot. A lot of times down there um, on the sidelines um, doesn't and see. remember he's got connections down there. He talked yeah. to these coaches. He's got relationships down there. And if Sap is not high on a Miami guy, there's yeah. you know a reason. And sometimes it's more than just game film. He actually likes Quincy Roche uh, the best. The, the thinks that that he has got some dog in him and some some tools and, and traits to work with. Um, it was, wasn't like saying they should draft the guy in the first round or whatever, but as a mid round guy, Quincy Roche, uh, is, is a player. Also like Joseph Asai. We talked about that today on the phone, uh, Warren and I, um, he, he thinks that there's an upside there. Also likes one of my draft crushes, uh, Ellerson Smith from Northern Iowa, the big kid that, that played at the senior bowl and played really well. I think I had him in my mock draft in my battle plan, uh, Ellerson Smith, Big six foot six, two hundred and sixty pound guy. Physically, he looks like Jason Taylor. He is a ways off from being in Jason Taylor's caliber, but as a day three developmental guy, he had fourteen sacks in twenty nineteen for Northern Iowa. He can block kicks with those long arms, force fumbles. Um, he's he's a bit of a dog too. This guy's a hustler, and uh, I like the energy he plays with. I thought he he showed very well at the Senior Bowl for a guy that that did not. Um, you know, they, they did not play football last year. A lot of these small school guys, Quinn Miners, Ellerson Smith, if, if you're not playing FBS football, uh, guess what? I mean, you didn't play last year. And, and that makes it a little tougher for those evaluations with these these NFL um, scouts. But um, the, the thing about uh, Ellerson um, Smith is, you know, he did post some really good numbers at, at his pro day. 41 and a half inch vertical jump. Uh, a 10-7 broad jump, actually weighed 252 pounds. I said 260, he was 252. And he ran a 4.74, which is, that's a pretty good time for a big guy like that. Really, really uh, long arms and uh, a massive wingspan. So uh, looking for a day three uh, developmental edge rusher, uh, Ellerson Smith from, from Northern Iowa got the thumbs up from Warren Sapp. So some pretty good stuff from Sapp I can relay to you if you were on the show yesterday uh he gave me some more in-depth uh, stuff about christian barmore off the record that i'm not going to share but man i would pass on the guy at 32 i'm just telling you that we right got to get warren on at some point we're not going to make any promises we may just surprise you with a warren sap but you may just turn on the podcast one day and warren sap might be on the screen um, hey but anyway. we're on warren's time living in warren's world you know we're just uh we're just here for the ride when it comes to yeah. Warren Sapp. that's a fact you never know what you're going to get from Warren Sapp. One thing I want to say before we get out of here, Scotty, yeah. is Pewter Report is setting all-time records in web traffic. And we're getting impressions that I never would have thought of even four or five years ago that we would be at. Um, our, our our unique 
visitors coming to the website, the page views, those kind of things, the numbers that we're getting on the podcast. Uh, you can just look on our YouTube page. You can see how many streams that it's getting each episode. Um, there's not a better time to advertise with Pewter Report than right now. You can contact myself, Scott, or John at any point. I'm uh, uh, Mark at PewterReport.com. Scott is SR at PewterReport.com. I'm not sure what John's is, so I guess he doesn't get a plug. But he, all right, there you go. It's that simple. Get in touch with one of us and let us show you. There's no, again, like we say with Briar Reeves, you're not obligated to anything. Let us help your business or even a company that you work for, uh, even if you're not the owner. Get your person that's in charge of marketing in touch with one of the three of us and uh, help us out at pewterreport.com. Great specials, great deals right now. And for people who say, well, I want to wait till the season starts, the draft, free agency, this time of year, mini camps upcoming, our web traffic doesn't drop. In fact, in some years, it's actually better in the April spring than it is during football season. Month of the year, every year. It's April yeah. because of the interest in the draft. And nobody covers the draft like PeterReport.com. So check out PeterReport.com with our latest mock draft. And guess what? It, it, it doesn't end tomorrow. We got John Ledyard's uh, first round mock draft. His, his latest version would be coming out tomorrow. And uh, we're still tracking and uh, checking in with our sources at One Buck Place. They're still on the hunt for Indomitian Sioux, for Leonard Fournette for Antonio Brown, and they look to have Lane Gabbard back too. So be sure that you stay tuned to PeterReport.com and our Twitter account, at PeterReport. Vote and, for us uh, on Twitter right now against yeah. Jill Beckman. Love Jill, don't get me wrong. If we lose to yeah. her, it's not the end of the world. It would be but, uh, fantastic to lose to her, but we'd like to win too. I'm not going yeah. to lie. <laughs> yeah. Go to our PeterReport account and give us a vote, if you will. Thank you. Yep. And uh, John Ledyard will be back on the uh, the Pewter Report podcast tomorrow. His suspension has been lifted, Mark. So good, he'll good. be back tomorrow. Uh, that means I'm probably suspended, right? Yeah, I think you will enter suspension. Yeah, it's, it's just it. like a hockey. You know, like one guy comes out of the penalty box, another guy goes in. So that's how yeah. we do it on the Pewter Report podcast. Thank you all for joining us for our latest edition of the Pewter Report podcast. For Mark Cook, I'm Scott Reynolds. Saying we'll see you back tomorrow here with another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Out. Out.